Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. Something happened to one of my buddies here at work. Many of you know Adam Klotz as one of our wonderful meteorologists at Fox News, Fox Business, and Fox Weather. He's been here since 2017, and he has an office right next to mine. Over the years, I've gotten to know him really well, and I have to tell you, he's one of those people that if you ever need anything, he's the guy that will be first in line to help out or fill in or do some pretty crazy stuff if you ask him to, like rappel down a building, skydive, or zip line through the mountains. He's always happy and the first one to make a joke about himself or a situation that he's in. So when I found out that Adam was attacked violently on a subway here in New York early on Sunday morning, coming home from watching a football game with his friends, my heart was sick. He posted a video on Instagram telling his followers what had happened, and since he is someone in the public eye, the news spread. I called him right away to see how he was doing and if there was anything I could do to help. He told me he was okay, but that he might need to take a few days off since his face was bruised very badly. We all told him to take the week off, but because the story about a brutal crime in New York happened to one of our own, people did ask Adam if he could speak out. He agreed to come on Fox and Friends this morning, and you will see him on some of the other programs here on Fox reliving what had happened to him. I worry about how this might affect him down the line, because trauma can creep up on you when you least expect it. And that's why I wanted to have him on today to talk to him and to talk to his mom, Terry, because she's one of the first people I thought about when I heard the news. So here's my conversation with my good friend and colleague, Adam Klotz. Adam Klotz, I am so glad you're here. I wish it was under different circumstances. You would have never had me under different circumstances. <laughs> that's not true. I think I already told you that I was going to have you on the Janice Dean podcast. Okay. That's Did true. you not make the Dean's list at one point? Do I make it now? Yeah, of course you do. Okay. That's good enough for me. <laughs> okay. I know we're making light of this situation, but something really serious happened to you this weekend. And I'm really worried about you. I'm not going to lie. I was viciously beaten by teenagers. This is what all the headlines no, are. I... Talking about my, you're worried about my ego. <laughs> all those headlines make me feel so bad. <laughs> okay. So take us through what happened. Um, and this was ha this happened on a Saturday night while you were coming home. Yeah, Saturday night I was out at a bar watching the Giants game. 12.45 I get on this the train. Mm -hmm. And... The train car is full, which I think is important in the story. There's a lot. There's a lot of people around. It does not feel like a sketchy situation whatsoever. Right. Uh, and a group of teens, I would say like seven or eight of them, were standing near me and across the train car in another aisle bench was an older gentleman. I would say in his upper sixties. Mm -hmm. And I see one of the teens light a joint and just keep the lighter lit and just put it in this man's hair, and his hair goes up like a matchbook. It is that fast. Just boom. And what is the old man head. doing? He's panicked and he's 
slamming on his head. He's slapping his own head trying to put the fire out. And they just thought it was a and joke. The, and the kids are laughing. And and there's people in the car There's with people in you. the car, but like this is definitely, there's enough of them and just me and this guy that we're all on an end of a car. Okay. So we kind of self-contained a little bit in that yes. way, even though there's other people kind of next to me. And But you can smell the smoke and the weed, right? Sure. I mean, I, they might have just been lighting this for the first time. I, I was not thinking there was any issue with them being there. Okay. And there wasn't, they weren't being obnoxious, I didn't think, until... They pull out this joint, but it wasn't like the smoking for me. Okay. Like I'm even not, though I, they're not supposed to. Even though they're not supposed to, I wouldn't have made like a crazy deal about that. It's when you like start messing with another person. Right. And was your that your first instinct is to go help him? Well, you just can't do like you just can't do that. They just, some people wouldn't. They add set a, a guy's hair on fire, and I didn't hesitate. You do. You, I didn't even think. It was just like, yo, you can't do that. Right. Because who knows what that was the beginning of? How close were, were you when you said that? I mean, I was right there. Yeah. I'm I was right in the mix. And they're laughing. And they're laughing and then all it took was that. Did you have something to say to me? Yeah, you can't do that. And then all of their, you know, attention it was suddenly it just focused on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got something to say. You think you can tell us what to do? And it was like, uh-oh. Then you knew. Yeah. They, and they, I was being goaded and he's like if, if you're going to make me do something, make me do it. I was being goaded into maybe like throwing a punch or something. Uh-huh. But it was like one guy and then the rest of them behind were like perked up. You know, they were ready for Ward too. I mean, these guys were what, 15, 16, 17? Yeah. Uh, there were, I would say there were seven or eight of them. They nabbed three of them when it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. And those, those were between 15 and 17, the ones they grabbed. What's going through your mind? Like, it was so calm. It's almost surreal. Yeah. It, it was so calm. I didn't think it was, I never thought it was going to escalate quite the way it did. Mm-hmm. I saw it playing out. I thought if I, they're goading me into hitting him. And if that happens, this is going to be a brawl and I'm going to be in trouble. Uh, eventually, I do catch a left. He's like, he's doing this, doing this, like yeah. goading me, trying to get me to punch him. And he punches me. And a guy down the way, another young, capable person who could have helped, it's like, dude, you need to get off this train. Yeah. So we all get up and start moving. We actually get off the train and move to another train car. Okay. What about the the elderly man? So... During this like confrontation where I'm catching this left and they're shouting at me, he took that as an like they weren't looking at him. He took that as an opportunity just to get out of the scene. Okay, so I was, he's okay. He's okay. I was told later on uh, by a detective who called me that he called nine one one. Okay, and it reported what happened to him. Who called? Oh, the the, the elderly guy. man when he got home. Oh wow. Okay. He called nine one one just to report what happened to him. So you get into another car and they follow you. I get into another car and I kind of think it's over. But, you know, there's a lot going on in my mind. I was like, whoa, that was wild. And you're already hurt. I'm already hurt. The train goes a whole stop. The train doors open at a brand new stop and they all rush into the car (sighs) I'm in and just jump me. Oh, my gosh. So suddenly there's no, there's no. So you thought you were in the clear. Yeah, there's no buildup to this one. Like the doors open and I am just jumped. Oh, my gosh, Adam. And then what, what happens? Well, they start punching me and kicking me, and I hear them put him to sleep, put him to sleep, which means they're trying to knock me out. And you don't want to be unconscious because then you can't protect yourself at all. So I'm thinking, I just need to protect my head. Just protect your head because that's how they're going to knock you out. Mm. And I'm covering my head, and then they get me on the ground. And with my head covered, they're just like stomping and kicking in my my ribs and my legs. Was there anybody in that car, the new car? Yeah, I mean— Everyone that was in my car had just all run into this car. We were all like running. And there's still no one helping. There was no help. What? 
People did things, but they didn't physically help. Someone like pu- what? Someone pulled the. I was told someone pulled an emergency brake, which okay. sends some sort of alarm. Yes. Uh, the conductor then is like making announcements that the police are coming, trying to scare them off. Okay. And eventually, I guess this works where they stop stomping on me and they clear out. And so you are in a fetal position. Just trying to protect my head and my neck. Yeah. And they just keep kicking and punching. Just keep kicking and punching. How and many beating. of them? All of them. I don't think maybe all seven or eight, but at least five of them, I would guess. Do you remember what's going through your head? Do you think that you're like, do you think you're going to die? No, I mean, it was, I really just thought it was going to be okay. And then it was only that, like, don't let them knock you out. Don't let them knock you out. What's happening. Just keep protecting your head. And then it, and then it was over. The thing that's wild that I haven't had a lot of time to talk about is they run off. The train's sitting there. Someone comes and like, hey, we've called the ambulance. We've called the police. Help's on the way. I'm sitting there just like blood in my, dripping from my face into my hands. And a couple of these young guys come back and they start having a conversation with me as I'm sitting on the subway floor. What? With, with another guy who's there helping me. And he gets out of there. He's like, uh-oh, they're coming back. So now it's just me and these guys again sitting in an empty subway car with me The bleeding. same guys? The same ones who jumped at me. Not all of them, just a couple of them. Okay. And they come and they're like, do you see what you get? <gasps> do you see what happens to you? Oh, my gosh. That old man, he didn't have anything to say. And look, he's fine. But you had something to say. And look what happened to you. Do you regret it? I'm like, yeah. So I still feel really calm as this is happening. And I'm annoyed but, like, I think they want to jump me. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I see what happens. Yes, you kicked my butt. Yes, you. Yes, yeah, I got it. You showed me. And I'm, like, repeating it back to them. And they're like, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Oh my. Did you learn your lesson? I'm like, look at me. Yeah, obviously I learned my lesson. Thank and you Thank you for teaching it to me. Are you know, those... With indignation in my voice because I'm frustrated. But You were frustrated. I was frustrated, but I didn't feel like I still, they were trying to threaten me, but I didn't feel like. It was kind of like middle finger to you guys as I'm talking to him. That's how I felt. So is that when the police came and arrested? And, the, and then the police came. And this uh, Officer Zapata, I want to give him a shout out. He grabbed three of them and who did not want to be grabbed. Like he grabbed them. And he was so sweet to me and kind to me and really believed that we were going to get these kids off the street and maybe get them some help or at least, you know, do something. How did he do it? Like, did he cuff I was, them? I mean, I was, yeah, he did cuff them. Okay. And he had to, like, they were trying to get away, so he had to grab them and maybe tackle them. I didn't see this, though. And if they hadn't come back and said, uh, see what I you mean, did. I mean, they could have run quicker. Yeah, right. they, they lingered. They lingered around. Do you think they were on something else? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Right. 15, I mean, 16, 17. I, I really felt like it was more of a macho teen, no parenting supervision, like just this bravado of, yeah, I'm tough, I'm tough, I'm tough. They just like fed itself think, in a loop. Do you feel like this has happened before? Have they done this before? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, they clearly were not scared to get in a fight. Yeah. So then, and they when, thought it was really funny to set that dude's hair on fire. So they do not have any sense of respect oh or just like human decency. Right. So these guys, three of them, they're cuffed, and the police officer rides with you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he thinks like we we got him, and th- this is going to be good because we shouldn't have these people on the subway. Right. And you know maybe that means juvie or whatever it means, but something's going to good is going to come of this. And then I find out, and he didn't even know because he wrote me. They didn't even take him into the station. 
Oh my gosh. Just let him go that night. I know we're going to talk about that. So what happened at the hospital? Uh, they, you know, they just, they just checked me out. The thing that I thought was funny, you know, I like to just constantly be making jokes. Yes. They, every doctor was like, is he under arrest? Is he under arrest? They thought, they thought, they thought I was. You were the guy. Yeah. Like maybe I robbed a bank or something. I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys look at me and you think like, oh, danger. Yeah. Oh my that, that made me feel good. So I was well, joking what did they the do? Did they give you x-rays? Yeah. They gave me x-rays and a CAT scan and. Like, I wasn't the most serious. It was in the ER, but I wasn't the most serious case there, so it took forever. I spent a long time in the... And that police officer stayed with yeah, you? Yeah, he just stayed with me, and he's only been on the force a year. They're making no money. It's like a... He's doing it... It's there for the passion. He told me that uh, a family member in his life was assaulted and was killed at one point. Mm. So he, he takes this stuff really seriously. What's his name again? Uh, his last name is Officer Zapata. I don't remember his first name. Oh, right my now. gosh. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. And then, so then you get home. When did you decide to put it on Instagram? I got a message. I woke up to emails from reporters who'd already picked up the, I guess, the police report online oh. overnight. So there was there was no way it was going to be anything it, it wasn't going to not be told. The story okay. was going to be told. It was right. very clear to me that the story was going to be told. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just going to jump online and tell it in in my voice. Good for you. Instead of someone else. Did they tell you not to go to sleep? Were you worried about a concussion? No, they did a CAT scan and they said, okay, I'm good. And you had friends with you. I did not have friends with me. I was at the bar with friends, but I was going home. I was heading home by myself. Okay. I sent out some messages. I mean, I really felt fine. The guy was with me. It was... What's unbelievable is it was never scary. When I was when it happened, it wasn't scary. When I was getting beat, it wasn't scary. Okay. When I was in the hospital, it wasn't scary. Here's where I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm concerned with. Okay, so I've told the audience, I've talked about this a little bit. Um, 20 years ago, I lived in Houston, and I was asleep at night, and I had a home invasion happen. I was at home. He woke me up. He had a knife. Um, he was asking me to take off clothes. And I remember the first thing I said to him was hi. And I was calm through the whole thing. And I kept telling him over and over again as he's saying, take off your shirt, take off your pants. Uh, I keep saying to him, I have money, I have jewelry, I have a brand new car. Please don't do this. I have money, I have jewelry, I have a brand new car. Please don't do this. I I kept saying that in a calm voice and I was never really afraid. Okay. And then finally, I think he was just like, okay, show me where your jewelry is. I had, I had underwear still on. I went over and I took the jewelry box and I remember he had a bag with him and I put all of the jewelry in the bag. And then he said, where is your wallet? And we went out into the living room And he had already gone through my bag 
and he had already taken the money. And I remember going, oh my gosh, he's already taken the money. What do I do next? And there was a very loud noise in the parking lot. I I thank God for that lo- noise because it sounded like a gunshot. And I, he was freaked out. He ran out the door and I just stood there and that's when I started to scream. I called the police. People came. Then I filed the police report. It took many weeks for them to catch him and I was his first home invasion. So he was nervous and then he escalated and he eventually raped women. Oh my. Okay. The reason I tell you this story is because I went on the air the next day because I was in radio in Houston and I told the story. And the reason I told the story is I was like, listen, ladies, don't leave your windows open at night because I lived on the bottom floor of an apartment complex. I later found out that he followed us like he knew where we lived and we were all single and we all lived on the bottom floor of these apartment complexes, really nice complexes. So I was like, this is what you do, ladies. Make sure that you have your windows closed, you know, make sure that you wear a lot of like I was layered in clothes. I had a sweatshirt on and sweatpants on. So it was like taking him a long time for me to like take articles of clothes off. It didn't hit me until many weeks later. And I was really damaged by it. So even though it's still an assault, it's still a violent act. It's even though I wasn't really, really physically harmed. Um, I think you're, that sounds way worse than what I went through. But it, but Adam, no, you gave you were, me chills. I'm, but I tell you this because I'm worried because I felt like I was okay, and I still think about that. They hurt you. They assaulted you they could have really hurt you badly they could have had a knife they could have and i'm so glad they didn't but my point is i i am concerned and i just want you to be aware that it comes in little little ways right i remember my program director a week later um, we got into an argument you know i'm not somebody that gets it well Unless you're the governor of New York. (laughs) But we got into an argument of something and he grabbed my arm and I just shook the arm. I said, don't touch me. And I knew at that moment that that was just still lingering, right? You don't see it. You don't feel it until these moments. So the reason I'm telling you that story is because I want you to just be aware of it and know that maybe you should talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Just to... Tell them the story, somebody that isn't a family member or somebody mm-hmm. that isn't like me or Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. because it they they did something that is very unsettling, right? And you are hurt. And I worry. Yeah, I I there's that's a lot. Um you know, it's one thing to tell about tell everybody about what happened to me. And but to face that psychologically i don't know i i just you're right i haven't felt it yet i really haven't felt it have you ever been beaten up before no i think i was long overdue oh stop i think i think the way i've lived my life i'm very fortunate to make it till tonight the other night to get beaten but up. did you play sports did you know that you had to protect your head i uh, i mean no but i just i think i know enough and i do like boxing classes and okay. I've, I've taken some punches to the head here and there before okay. and i take some punches to the body and so I I knew how to cover myself. I knew how to play defense a little bit. But I do understand that calmness because that's what happened to me. You're it was the, unbelievable. Yeah. Even as I look back on it, I'm like, how is how? it so calm? And you know what I've heard too, that they want you, they want to rise out of you, right? Like that guy wanted me to scream and punch and kick. And that's 
that gets them even more motivated, mm-hmm. right? And if you're very calm and you're not giving them that, then they don't know how to react to that. Yeah, I even now as I look back, because there are way less intense situations that have got my blood boiling and I felt out of control. Yes. And that never hit me throughout this entire experience. It's very interesting. It's a fight or flight situation. You just don't know what's going to happen until... It happens. Did you feel like it was sort of an out-of-body experience, like you were kind of watching yourself as it was happening? No, I didn't get that impression, but boy, did things slow down. Yeah. It, it, it all just came one thing after another, and I was very aware of the moment and thinking, like, this decision is going to mean this. Wow. When he's trying to get me to punch him, and I very I very clearly see what everyone else is doing around him, mm-hmm. and oh, he's trying to goat me into something so that they can turn this into more. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it like it was one thing and next thing, and I just knew every decision was going to lead to this next thing. I mean, I did obviously I didn't know because I would have maybe I would have punched the guy if I knew I was ultimately going to get jumped. But then you have to be careful too because they're minors. Right? I know. I mean, and that was the other thing. Like I say, maybe I should have punched, but. I still, I knew I was looking, I mean, it was a bunch of them, but I knew I was looking at a young man. Right. Very, and if, if, if at all possible, I really didn't want to slug him. And here's the thing. So these guys, maybe this is their first or second time, but if they're not punished for it, like with my guy, then they escalate. They do something even worse the next time. They're emboldened to do something worse. And that's what gets me angry Mm -hmm. is, you know, this morning when you're saying, why is the weather guy, you know, trying to stop something happening from an elderly passenger on the subway? Where is Eric Adams? I mean, that's valid. You know, people say to me, oh, you just talk about New York being really like unsafe, but that's not really the case. I'm sorry. It is unsafe. We feel it every day coming into work. And it's wild because I get why people would want to push back on that because even though they didn't help, this train is full of good, hardworking people who would never do those things. You know, like 99% of those people on that train are good, decent people who wanted to help me. I mean, they didn't get involved and take a beating for me, but they wanted to help me. But it's, but you're right, it's dangerous. And so we're putting all of those good, hardworking people in that exact same situation where they're at risk and they're at danger. And not everyone can take hundred dollar cab rides every single place you go like what are you what are we doing like yeah this is a working class city and people need to get places and you don't see the police no you don't and that i do i know that there's a time in this city's history where there were poli- at, at, at night there was a cop on every train mm-hmm. and we do not do that it it took way too long the, the cops that came were great but it took way too long for someone to be there and helping me don't go anywhere we'll have more of the janice dean podcast right after this. And how do you feel that those suspects were just said, okay, you're out? You know, I want, I don't want their, this is so, this is really hard for me because I, I want them to have a future. I want, I don't want their lives to be ruined, but like, how do we do that? It, we need some sort of punishment. Yes. We need like a lesson needs to be learned, but I don't want, this is just a really struggle. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Is it the parents? I mean, obviously it's the parents, but can we do something with the parents? What kind of structure can we give? Right. So that just because a 15 year old punched me a lot of times, like I don't want him to be a 25 year old who's stabbing somebody. Exactly. And then your hospital bills. I mean, you know, you're going to pay for that part of it. I mean, that's wild to me that the victim, like I took a beating. I'm 
sore, I'm miserable, I'm uncomfortable, and then I'm probably going to get a big deductible from the hospital trip, the ambulance ride over there. And this isn't even like a, they don't even pay bail. They don't even go in. Like there's nothing. It costs absolutely nothing. There's going to be no record. You just get to jump somebody, beat them, and they get to walk away sore and with a big bill. Well, hopefully this gives some awareness. I mean, you speaking out, it's a very brave thing for you to do. First of all, it was very brave for you to step up and try to help. Because it's like that broken windows theory that you hear in New York. You know, people are just walking by. They see a broken window, but they don't do anything or say anything. And if we have more of this happening, it's just going to feed off of itself. So you speaking up, hopefully, I don't know anymore, though, It's a double-edged sword because you see like, oh, that's great that he spoke up, but look what that cost him. Does anybody else want really want to go through this? That's a good point. You're right. There's, just, there's no punishment. There's no teeth. And he's he's been beaten. Like No one wants that. So what happens next? I mean, I hope we can pressure. I mean, the story is getting some, getting some yes, legs. I just is. hope there's pressure. Sure, maybe there's pressure to uh, punish these, these uh, young men, these kids. But I really hope there's pressure at a higher level mm-hmm. to, to make it harder to do this to protect the people who are on the subway and protect the citizens of New York. Why isn't there an MTA cop? Mm. You've just entered the realm of advocacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I've, I know the person to talk to about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it really is what I've learned is something happens to you in your life and you either do nothing, right? You just, you're quiet about it. Or you step up and you say something and you are stepping up and you are saying something and you're on the front of the the New York Post this morning. I mean, for better or for worse. It's an embarrassing picture. (laughs) You know, and some people on social media, I'm just going to go just I'm so angry because social media can be a really great place um, to spread a message. But also, you know, they they definitely take liberties at deciding who is more important and, and the kind of reaction you should have. Like you said, we've always known who you are. You know, you're always telling a joke. You're always trying to diffuse the situation by smiling or, you know, making light of it. And that's what you did. You kind of like joked around like, hey, they got the best of me type of thing. And people are like, why are you smiling? That yeah. makes me angry. I know. Don't don't you dare say anything to somebody that was just beaten up. There's there's such a hard line. I've seen I've seen both sides. There have been people who want to defend the kids. I've seen that on social media. Wow. As, what do you mean? How are they defending those kids? You know, I mean I mean some of these people are pretty funny. I guess I can say it. I saw uh somebody called me Adam Smollett, which I thought was like that's pretty oh clever. Oh my like it got a good laugh out of me, right? That's uh. clever. Like I did it looking for like I somehow brought this on to look to get some attention. Uh but the ones I'm like actually more annoyed are is the hard line. Like you need to be really angry and you need to be like, I, you can't smile. You can't laugh your way through this. You just need to be pissed off and mm. looking for war. And that's that, not going to help. No, that's not me, but that just isn't me. Yeah. If I can't, if I can't, I mean, really that's when they would have won. If they beat me and then like, I can't look at myself and look at a picture of my busted face on a newspaper and think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen, then they would have really won. You're right. I'm worried about your knee. You're going to get that checked out? Yeah, so I'm told. If I find time. No. 
You're going to get your knee checked out. Uh, okay, so I, the mom in me, because we talked yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, does your mom know? And at the time, you hadn't told your mom, and you said that you were a little nervous to tell her, and you did talk to her. Yeah, I did. I mean, at some point, it became, I better talk to her before she the sees world the tells post. her. Yeah. And how did that go? I think she was n- nervous, but in reality, have, it having been over, I think she was just proud. Really? She was just proud. Well, I want to talk to Terry. Yeah. Do we have Terry on the phone? We're going to get her. Mom! (laughs) I think they're going to dial her up right now. Okay. That was really good. That was really good, Adam. (laughs) So cute. Does it hurt? Like, you're not on anything? Are you taking Oh, I should take some Tylenol and stuff. Uh, I keep forgetting. What there's is it a, with you men? A, like my husband is the same way. Like I'm, you know, he, he sometimes has, you know, back problems, whatever. I'm like, did you take some Tylenol? He's like, oh yeah, I forgot. What? What are you talking about? I like, roll around in bed at night a little bit, just you know, just sleeping. I kind of toss and turn a bit. <laughs> my knee and my side were. I, I would wake up in excruciating pain, and it was so hard to get a new position. Like I was stuck in the position I was in. My knee is throbbing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now we're going to talk to Adam's mom, Terry. Terry. Hi, Janet. Oh my. Oh, (laughs) Oh, listen, you are the first person I thought about, you know, obviously I care about your son deeply and he's lovely and, and brave. But what, what did you think? What was the first thing that came to your mind? Oh, my goodness. Well, of course, the very first thing um, I had seen, I was just seeing the Instagram post when he called, and so I was trying to wrap my mind around it, and, of course, I was just, you know, praising God that he was okay. Mm. That was my my very first thought, is just, thank you, Lord, that he's okay. Um, You know, and, and then, of course, of course, you wonder why this why this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like, he deserves this. <laughs> Stop it. It's about time. <laughs> I've been wanting to smack my son around and someone else See, took it in their own hands. See, this is Adam. Finally. Finally. No, not at all. You know, I guess, you know, my head just went to the, the cultural. It, it's just so disturbing. Yes. You know, just the cultural situation that we are in, that there's, there's so little respect. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Decency. It just doesn't seem... It just doesn't seem like people care, and of course, there are no consequences. Yes. And so this stuff happens, mm-hmm. and it's tragic. I think it's actually absolutely tragic. Yeah. And Adam says you thought, you know, one of your first thoughts was that he was being a brave person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I am I am so incredibly proud of him, and, and he's always been my hero, but to, you know, to see him stand up for somebody... Um, when nobody else will yeah. is just yeah. My heart is pretty much bursting with mama pride for oh, sure. Oh my! So what was Adam like growing up? Like, <laughs> tell me about that. You know, Adam. Adam. Adam is a good kid. Yeah. Um, he's always been very fun. Yeah. He's always been very personable, and he's just. He's yeah. I mean, he was he was a good kid, and he's uh, turned into a fine young man. And um, he's he's always been an adventure bug, as you guys know. Yep. I I tend to call him an adrenaline junkie, which is, <laughs> is kind of what he is. Yes. But um, you know, he's always been the 
he and his brother have always been the life of my life. You know, as a mom of two boys, uh, you know, I, I worry, you know, sending them off into the world. You know, how do you do it? What do you, what do you tell yourself? You know, you just say to yourself, I raised them, they're good boys. And, you know, you just have to say that you did your best, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've always heard that you want to give them roots and wings. And that's what I've tried to do. You know, I've always, I always want them to know that I'm their mom and I am always in their corner and I'm always here for them, but I want them to fly and they are. And it's, it's such a pleasure to see that. Yeah. I am so proud of your son too. I mean, I, you know, I know it's only 48 hours later, um, but you are very close to him. So it must, you know, it must pull at your heartstrings that you're not here with him physically. Oh, it, it does. And I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And I texted him this morning and said, you know, buddy, if, if you ever need me, I will be on a plane in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I will be there. But I, I can see he's okay. And um, so I'm very happy about that. I told him the first thing, I, one of the first things I said to him was like, can I call your mom? Can I talk to her? I would like to be there for her. Thank you. Thank you. And I've, I've gotten some girlfriends reaching out saying, oh, my goodness, how's your heart, mom? Oh. And I say, you know, it's, it's right now it's just filled with pride. It really is. Oh, you should be proud of him. And please know that he is so loved here. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah you'd be happy to know, mom. In- <laughs> You don't know it until you take a good beating, but there are a lot of people out there who want what's best for me. So, yeah, I appreciate that you'd fly here, but there are a million people all around here that have been so quick and so kind. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever have to buy another meal. Food just keeps coming my way. Like, think, think, you know, so some things are worth it. Well, take a few punches and life gets good. Right? Yeah, wow, yeah. that's I see where it comes from now. <laughs> there, Terry, there's where it comes from. Listen, I wanted to talk to you, and I, I put it out there that I'm always here. I have told Adam he just has an office right next to me, and he knows that I'm always here for him, too. So um, he's in good hands, but I can tell what a great mom and a great role model you've been in his life. So God bless you for that. Well, thank you so much for taking care of my boy. It means a lot. Well, I hope to see you the next time you're here, okay? So let's all... Okay. okay. All right, Terry. Thanks, Mom. Love you. you. I love you, buddy. Okay. Aw. I'm so glad that we had her on the phone because I did think of her right away. That was really nice. That was really nice. That was nice for me. Good. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And it's true. Like... We joke around, and I would have had you on the Janice Dean podcast regardless. <laughs> you keep saying that as though I'm going to believe it eventually. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's true. This is a new show. I haven't even had Rick on. Okay. Okay? Yeah, well, see Rick stand up to somebody. I don't think he's got it in him. Oh, well, I, honestly, I know that you've got a whirlwind Rick, of um, interviews, but you are doing important work. I don't know if you'll realize that now, but you have started advocacy, which is, you know, you're speaking out against something bigger than yourself. You know, you're calling out the mayor and the governor and there needs to be action because it's everyday New Yorkers, right? It's people that, um, you know, don't have a platform like we have. But can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you ever think, Boy, I wish 
like this is tiring and yes. I wish I could just let this thing that I'm carrying on my shoulders down for a little while and just not think about it. And I, cause this has been 48 hours and I'm like, can I, Take am I going to be talking about this in three weeks or can I just step away it's from really this? It's really up to you. Really? Can I step away from this and just forget it happened for a minute and breathe? Only you can answer that question. Uh, I, you will have people that care about you that will say, Adam, you know what? Like, maybe it's better if you just sort of like calm down a little. Like my husband, Sean, was like, so how long are you planning to do this for? Like, is this really a good idea? And you're the one that can answer that. You know, there are going to be days that you say, OK, I'm tired today, but tomorrow's a new day. Um, but this is it's a bigger conversation. You are adding to the dialogue of what's wrong, what's happening right now in New York. It's not a myth. Crime is up and they're doing really nothing about it. And these criminals are getting off without any kind of punishment. And that is going to escalate. We know that. So, you it's know, crazy. I, this happens every weekend and people yes, don't talk about it like this. They don't. And that is heartbreaking. Right. Because there's, you know, there's obviously bigger um, stories out there, but they need to. And the media needs to cover this as well. I feel like there are some media that, you know, and, you know, on a broader picture, New York lot of, lost a lot of Democratic votes because of crime. We know that. So Kathy Hochul needs to think about that um, and do something. And so does Mayor Adams. And again, your voice adds to a chorus. And I think that it's really important and it's up to you. But if you decide to continue this, I'm right by your side. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you're the ultimate teacher. I know that. Ah, well. Be prepared for questions. <laughs> I'm just really glad that you stepped out of your comfort zone and tried to help somebody else. Someone that actually could have really, really been hurt. And I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad you're okay. And I love you very much. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you, Adam, for being so brave and telling us about your experience. And of course, to his mom, Terry, for also agreeing to be on the program. What Adam went through is not an isolated experience. This kind of thing is happening here in New York every single day. And people are not being punished for the crime. It will get worse if we don't keep speaking out. And that's why I'm grateful for his voice and for telling his story. God bless Adam, his family, and that wonderful police officer and all of our police men and women who do this job every day because it's a calling. We're grateful for them too. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram, or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.